And remember that we're not made in our image. We're made in God's image. Yeah. Sin wants to take you away from yeah. that image, and it will do everything to make you question the actions that you take. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gen Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name is John, and I'm the engagement pastor here. And across from me is Kyle, the lead pastor. There it is. There, the hood. The hood. No, I'm just kidding. I won't leave it up this whole time right now. No, 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 hood. no, no, no hood today. No hood in the teaching either. Now, if I, if I, if I, if I did this, then we, then we could sit here and do this. Then, uh, then the real Slim Shady would have to stand up. I know. When are you going to actually like use a rap in one of your uh, teachings? We've, we've talked about this it's for a while. Coming. I maybe you've, d- have... you've done poems. You've done illustrations. You've read stories. It, it, it may be coming. Might be it coming. Be coming. I, I can't. I feel like I've been getting I, that for months now. I, it's just not ready yet. You know, ready. my my lyrical genius just hasn't, just, just not quite there yet. So Xavier hasn't wrote it for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Avery's, Avery's got about six different variations of dad down right now. So, <laughs> I mean, I could just throw those into something, yeah. I'm sure. We know your kids are the whole uh, ones who are writing everything behind the scenes. We know. We know. Yes, well, Xavier's they, a little preacher. And yes. It's going to happen. Well, let's hope so. Amen. You know, never, yeah. you never know. But yeah, so this weekend, um, we continued our Embodied series. Uh, and you went through Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Yep. And I remember like the main, I feel like one of the main things you brought about this weekend was the um, the difference between a godly person yeah. and just a good person. Yeah. So kind of like, I'm just going to throw this out to you because you, you said we we're going to talk about it. Yes. So what, like, from as you've processed what we've talked about this Sunday, mm-hmm. as you've kind of thought through this concept, like what's still racking through your head? Like, is there anything you want to clarify? You want to expound upon? Like, where are you imagining to go with this? As I was prepping for Sunday's teaching, I started watching a Netflix show that was once on cable television. I don't even know if it's still out there anymore. It's called The Good Place, dude. And yes. so, and so, it's it's so fascinating because I'm watching this as I'm as I'm leading up to Sunday's teaching. Uh-huh. And what's going through my mind is all I could see is like these invisible scales, you know, do more good than bad, do more good than bad. Mm. And and if you haven't seen the show, you'll have to go watch it. And it's funny because at the very beginning of the first episode, they're like, oh, yeah, everyone's about 5% right. No one had the total picture and, <laughs> and, and, and all that fun stuff, yeah. you know, all the religions of the world, because those are the questions that the, yeah. that the lady has as, as she has entered the, the, good, the good place. Yeah good place as i was thinking about this is there has to be a clear distinction between someone whose reason for doing what they were doing is because of jesus Mm. and a and someone whose reason for doing what they're doing is because well yeah that's just what everyone would do like that's i'm just trying to be a good person garner some goodwill or you know and and there's different variations of that but just Yeah. yeah like that's what any person in the Western Hemisphere who's who's semi decent in terms of would think of themselves yeah. as just an average everyday person. Yeah. Well, yeah, they 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 would do that as well. And yeah. so we've got to have a clear distinction between a good person and a godly person. And what I wish I would have had more time on is to really compare and contrast kindness compassion, gentleness, mm. patience, 
from a golly perspective versus just something in cultural perspective, which okay. is why I said we were going to talk about it on today's yeah. podcast is because I would have really loved to point out some more examples of this is what it means to put on Christ and how this putting on Christ in terms of compassion, putting on patience, gentleness, isn't just, well, yeah, like that's, that's what any, again, sane, normal, yeah. good person would do, but it's actually and when we do that and then apply that to all kinds of different areas of our lives, it actually looks more like Christ than our culture. Mm. Okay. I mean, yeah, as I've kind of sat and kind of chewed on it, I think one of the things that really stood out to me was when we think about what it means to be a good person. Like we see people uh, in in our everyday, uh, well, maybe not as much anymore being at home yeah. all the time, but we see like news or we remember back like, man, like you'd go out in public and you see someone who'd mm. open up. Uh, hold open a door, who would leave a nice tip, who would pick up a piece of trash, mm. who would just be kind and courteous. And you'd often say like, oh, that's that's such a nice person. They're so nice. It's mm. so sweet of them. But your initial reaction isn't, oh, that, that person's got to be a Christian. That's got to be uh, a Jesus follower right there. Like, yeah. no, like your first thought is like, oh, that's a nice person. Because often like what you'll see is sometimes that the actions can overlap, like in our society, like a majority of the time, like morality is like, be a good person. Yes. Have common decency in, in our world. Like, I mean, that's why we have laws and regulations of don't, don't be mean to other people. Yeah. Basically don't steal, don't kill, don't rob, don't destroy Like be kind and courteous to those around yeah. you. Well, and I, I've come to realize that when we talk about good, it usually means one of two things like good enough to get by. Mm. Like, like, like it's like, it's just above average. So like yeah. we, we, again, Western culture, we don't necessarily like the idea of average. And so good, we mean better than average. Yeah. So when we size something up, when we think of ourselves, it's just, yeah, just, just good and good mm. in terms of good enough. It almost to, becomes to a comparison. By. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a compare. Yeah. It's a comparison. The second, the second piece of that is very similar. It's those invisible scales that you, again, you see in the good place of, yeah. did you rack up enough points did you yeah. do enough good in terms of your actions yeah. that it outweighs the bad? And that's that's yeah. the other aspect of good that we think about is not so much good or bad internally as we sit with our own thoughts and as we as as we filter through who we are inside. Yeah. But when we when we think of good, we think of are my actions deemed acceptable to those around us? Mm-hmm. Does it tip the scales in a plus favor and does do my actions are are more of my actions making a positive difference than the negative actions and so it's those picture of the invisible scales or that point system of are you moving up the leaderboard and anytime you do something negative well my i've done more right today or i've done more good today than than bad so maybe you you cut someone Mm. off yeah in in traffic and you know, you're like, well, that doesn't make me a bad person. I was, I was just in a rush. Yeah. And by the way, I also did, you know, I, I said, I left a generous tip. I opened a yeah. door for someone. I sent a nice text message yeah. and that, that moves us up. So, so the yeah. five bad things that were also really, really, or the five good things that were really, really good were yeah. way better than just my one, my one bad thing of yeah. cutting someone off and maybe flipping them off mm-hmm. on the way too. I think in talking about this, there's really two 
almost two things to address. One, the motivation behind mm. why we do good, the actions in which we put out there. Um, and then second, even the follow-up to what the good action is. Mm. Like what what proceeds it, like what follows it of, man, like you just did a really nice thing. Like what, like what is in response? And for us as a Christian uh, people, like yeah. so often we... We have it in our mind that we do good so we can share and evangelize, but how often do we actually do that? Like, mm. how often do we um, allow for common decency, good practices to almost filter in place of evangelism, mm. of sharing with people who God is and really pointing and saying, because of Jesus is why I'm doing this. We just skip over that and we just do the good action that we think needs to be done or that's what Jesus did. Like he did the actions, but we skip the, Hey, I'm going to have an uncomfortable conversation and say mm. like, I'm doing this because of Jesus. Adding some words to the action, mm. I think is extremely important as we filter through what is the de definition of good. And I think sometimes yeah. the reason we don't get into that, why is because it will involve a level of explanation that maybe we ourselves haven't thought through mm. and, and, under, and clearly understanding the differences between common decency yeah. and because of Jesus. And I think we, we're in agreement that there is some overlap in terms of the actions, but the motivation is, is, is very different because common our motivation when it's common, decent, common decency, it's to avoid friction and to avoid conflict or yeah. to garner an acceptance or goodwill from others. Yeah. When it's because of Jesus, sometimes our reasoning for action may actually result in conflict, yeah. result in a level of friction with another person because we are willing to say that actually what, what drives me to be more outgoing or be more hospitable or, mm. or take some time out of my day and be willing to be interrupted and have a conversation with someone, we just have to be aware of why why we're doing what we're doing. So you may be willing to get interrupted. And when you're running late, so again, sometimes sometimes common decency, we've been instructed, we'll, we'll just, mm. just don't be late. But actually in that moment, God is asking you or calling you or your followership of Jesus is calling you to be a little more patient with someone or not be in such a rush to get to that next appointment yeah. and actually maybe even take some time to listen to the person that you're talking to mm. and, and ask them some follow-up and pray for them or do something else. But it causes you to be late for your next appointment. Sometimes on the, we, we attempt to justify or, or, or our reasoning because of common decency is we shut down those conversations because it's like, no, I, I don't want to be late to my, to my next appointment. And that, yeah. that is more important than taking the time to listen to someone or, be interrupted. And so yeah. that might be one example of how being someone who is in tune with the Holy Spirit, connected with God, which is what it means to be to be godly, yeah. have have the character and priorities. So in the moment, what is the prior priority that yeah. Jesus would have and display that and be willing to undergo or sacrifice a level of common decency that we maybe have been encouraged mm. to maintain in a later aspect of our day. Yeah. John, where that takes me to is why is God's definition of good the best definition 
of good. Mm. So I think uh, this actually goes back to our conversation last week, I think, uh, in remembering that there is this universal made in God's image mm. that every person that we come across, uh, whether they bring us frustration, annoyance, or mm. just those moments that mm, maybe that's not the person I want to be yeah. around right now. That person w- is wonderfully made mm. in the image of God and that it's not the person that's broken. It is sin that has corrupted them and broken them and distorted them and took them away from the image in which God has made them. Mm. And I think when we begin to understand that, that the goodness that we see in God is that there is no level of amount in which we can do. There's no tipping of the scales to receive the Mm. grace and love. There's uh, no point of actions that a person has to put in place to receive the goodness from God and from uh, other believers. And that when we recognize that we have a God who pursued us in our brokenness, in our moment of defiance, in our moment of we're going to distort yeah. your image and your creation. Like I always think like when you're a kid and like you're building a sandcastle on the beach and somebody just comes by and just straight up punts that thing, you're not happy. Yeah. But think about it, like how we have done that to God's creation. Mm. Like God has created this world in his image. He said it was so good. Mm. And yet we are the ones who allowed and brought sin into the world. We willingly yeah. chose that over God's definition of yeah. good and evil. And in doing so, we distorted that and broke it. And yet he mm. still pursued us enough to come down in bodily form. He came down, lived among us as human, didn't sin, didn't fall into the same ways in which we did, but yet lived a loving and good life where yeah. he went to the cross and took upon all that brokenness so that we can experience yeah. the good and love and grace. Yeah. And I think the follow-up to that, how I would how I would take that and almost build on that is that God's sense of good is the sense of authority. And so our sense of good is distorted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I think, I think even as we, as we talk about, you know, measuring good within the world, our sense of good is going to be distorted, especially when our sense of good comes from a sense of self. Mm. which when we place ourselves as the the moral arbiter yeah. or the decider of what ethics are good and what ethics are bad yeah. what we are doing is we are playing a level of judge and ultimately the level of god yeah. that we weren't meant to play yeah. and what you're what you're describing is that no actually god has legis or not even legislate god has cre- created into the dna of our yeah. world that that people are valuable. They they were good. Yeah. They they, they were good. God, God said creation was very good. He yeah. deemed that as acceptable and good. And in rebelling against God, we have settled for something less than yeah. good. Well, I mean, you even see that in how unique it is that over the span of time in the span of different nations, there is this level of common sense and morality mm. that has continued uh, into almost every culture and governments like legislation and policies i mean we see things of like no it is wrong to murder somebody mm-hmm. no if someone has a possession you can't just steal it like mm-hmm. there is this level of like a common sense thing that stretches across but what we also begin to see is that as cultures adapt into who they are they begin to pick and choose the mm-hmm. rules and regulations that they want for themselves mm-hmm. and what you get in christianity and who god calls us to be is no, you don't get to pick and choose what areas you're good in. 
you are good to everybody and in all ways. Even the people you don't want to be good to, you you are good to them. Yeah, that's why Jesus says we should pray for our enemies. Yep. It's and, and when we when we are to forgive, coming back to this week's passage, it's like Paul roots forgiveness in the example of Jesus. Yeah. One of the challenges as we look at our culture, as we define good, as we define evil or or good and bad, and then you know really really evil or right and wrong, yeah. as as we throw out some of these terms, we've got to evaluate where we get our sense of self from. Mm. Comes back to are we the arbiter of of good? Are we the person who, as we look at the scales, yeah. we are determining that plus and minus system mm. rather than recognizing that it's actually. If it's God's world, if if He created it, if we are made in His image, yeah. that that He's got a there there is a right and wrong in God's eyes, yeah. and we we displace God from the authority that He has He rightfully belongs to when we attempt to yeah. shake His job and, and get out of the I think I've said before like this loving chain of command that we have. Yeah. Where this directly pushes back in our culture is when it comes to the sense of self mm. and how we think of self-actualization or triumphs yeah. over self-discipline and whatever whatever version of self that we might be and because we don't want ourselves to be censored and so whatever our self wants we we determine that mm. well, that, well of course that's more good than bad because because that's what I want or because yeah. we become the locale for for right and wrong and if we're not careful, we can subtly approve this mm. in the church because every imperative in the Bible protests against this level of – or th this kind of, of thinking. Mm. Paul in Colossians identifies sins that are contrary to the way of God that, that yeah. we should not seek to justify yeah. and then identifies characteristics that – we should seek to foster. Yeah. What what happens is based on our circumstances or situations, we attempt to justify and say, "Yeah, Paul, that, that that that's great. That's a great characteristic." But in this situation, that character trait, that kindness, forgiveness, mm. that that's not warranted here. Or yeah. um, when it comes in terms of like go to the negative that we talked about last week. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I I can. I'm just telling the truth about that person, even if it comes off with malice and slander, mm. and and we justify yeah. a negative behavior because because they just they just need to know, and we don't recognize that actually what we're doing is we're we're tearing down someone else who's made in God's image yeah. and acquiescing to sin for mm. the sake of our own moral good. Yeah, and I think this comes out in some other ways. Uh, I've got some some just kind of sayings down here that I, <laughs> I that I think to show really just to show how this plays mm -hmm. out. So when we think of sin tendencies in terms of our personalities, <laughs> him, don't worry, he isn't trying to be inhospitable and cold towards everyone. He's just shy and introverted. Yeah, he doesn't lead spiritually, but don't fret. He just doesn't go deep. That's just not who he is. Why isn't she growing in her knowledge of God's word? Because she just she just isn't a reader. Why does it seem like he flirts with every girl he meets? 
Don't read too much into it. He just has a playful personality. That's just the way he is. That unassailable sense of self is contrary to biblical thinking and teaching. Our personality, the way we, we justify actions, good and bad, must bow to God's standards and not vice versa. Yep. And this is how we know the difference between just simply trying to be a good person versus being someone who is godly. Because we might say to those same people, well, introverts, be hospitable and kind, even if your inclination is to stow away for some time alone. Husbands, lead your wife and wash her with the word, even if you prefer just to keep it light and casual. Mm -hmm. Christian, meditate on the word of God day and night, even if you haven't read any other books since high school. Romeo, restrain yourself from engaging women's hearts, even if you find it easy to engage with the opposite sex. Mm. And you could say, it's just not limited to those examples. Yeah. I'm sure some of you who are listening to that, watching this right now, could say, there have been moments when I have attributed characteristics and personality things. Well, that, that's just the way I am. Mm. Well, then when we read in God's words and go, I'm actually approving of something that, that, that I'm bumping up against in God's word. That's why it's important to read yeah. God's word. That's why it's important that as we look at Colossians and Paul says, Close your, clothe yourself with Christ, put on these things yeah. that we will choose to put them on even while we personally may not feel like that's who we are. Yeah. And remember that we're not made in our image. We're made in God's image. Yeah. And as we understand our why is because of Jesus and yeah. we are to become more Christ-like, we will stop looking to create ourselves and our image being the more arbitrator of good in yeah. our decision-making and accurately and accurately and actually acquiesce yeah. and approve of and agree to God's standards. Yep. I, I like how you phrase that. And I've even heard you say this recently of when we, one of the things we have to understand is when we question our identity, we go back to the garden story mm. and that God said, you are made in my image. You, you are very good. You are wonderfully made. And yet God, like he basically like gave them authority and said, you guys can do all this. I want you to be a part of this. And yet, what does the snake, the serpent, do? It deceives them and questions, is that really your identity? Mm -hmm. Did he really say that about you? Is yeah. that really who you are, or can you be something more? And that's what it comes back to, yes. is when your identity begins to be questioned as you follow Jesus, like, like don't hang on to that. Like, understand that sin wants to take you away from yeah. that image, and it will do everything to make you question the actions that you take when you begin to allow Jesus to shape your priorities and your characteristics. Just be yourself is only good advice when it means be the be that person, the new you in Christ. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be born again. Yeah. He bore the wrath of his father while we were just being ourselves. Yeah. And sent the Holy Spirit to make us new creations in him. And the Spirit dwells inside of us who are born again and cause us to increasingly walk out who we already are. That's mm. why I've talked about each and every week is, is our aspirations need to catch up to who God sees us actually as we are. Yeah. What prevents us from doing that is when we settle for our version of good or mm. our version of good enough instead of being the godly person that God is creating in us. And that doesn't sacrifice 
our personalities. It doesn't sacrifice the uniqueness by which he no. has created us. Yeah. And that's why Paul says, and he identifies all these different people. Are Christ is in all and is all. He yeah. says that to say about the beautiful picture of when we are all walking with God, walking towards God and putting his version yeah. of right and wrong above our own. We are actually living beings who God has created us to be. Yeah. It's funny because C.S. Lewis says this, he says, in the weight of glory, he says, you would be strongly tempted to worship another human being if we realized who we are by who, because of who God has created us mm. to be. And we settle for less than that yeah. when we when we decide to play God and be the arbiter of, of good and encourage others yeah. to simply just be yourself, which plays into that narrative mm. of defining right and wrong, defining good and evil in our own eyes. Yeah. I, I like how you said um, just a moment ago, you were talking about not losing our identity in Christ. And I think it's something essential to remember that the characteristics we're going to embody are, are going to be the same thing. We are going to embody the fruit of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The characteristic is there. What's distinct and unique about us is the gifts and talents that live those out. Mm. The way in which our actions and we are more prone to interact with the world is where we are unique and our identity is found in that yeah. is that we are distinct and unique from the other believers in the room. We share the same character traits, yeah. Yeah. which is to be good and to love those around us. Uh, it's funny because Jesus says to love your neighbor and then later on has to clarify and say, yes, even your enemy yes. is your neighbor. Because yes. so often we want to uh, put a trait in uh, dividing lines saying, these are my neighbors. But he's like, no, like universally yeah. we are made in his image. So take your unique character traits, your distinctness to go and share those character traits, yes. the love, the graciousness, the peace, the patience, the kindness. It's outward focused. And so it's it's not our outward actions that make us make us good people inside. Yeah. It's actually Christ's righteousness inwardly when we understand our identity that then flows mm. outwardly. And so it's always inward, outward. And for, for whatever reason, we have settled for the belief that if I just do enough stuff right outwardly, yeah. surely that'll make me <laughs> good inwardly. Yeah. And we know that's actually not the case. Experientially, people know that that is not the case. And so, mm. John, final question for us on today's podcast. Yeah. How have you battled the idea of being good versus being godly? And what are some, some either resources or tools and tricks that you have done to help remind yourself that your goodness doesn't come from your outward action in, it comes from your inward connection with Jesus out. Man, that's a loaded question. It but is. I, I, I think one of the big things that uh, it's so easy to wrestle with is the motivation of deciding what we do. Mm. Um, so when we begin to like see things in which need done or like ways in which we can help and care for people, it comes around to the inward motivation behind it. Am I doing this because I'm going to receive something in return? Mm. Or am I doing this because I've already received endless upon what I can ever imagine yeah. from Jesus? 
and I want to share that with others. Because when we begin to realize that this living water, this Holy Spirit that we mm. talk about, is mm. it's not just like filled us up. Yeah. It is overflowing. And yes. I love that illustration that your cup is always overflowing. And so that shares to those around you. So when you go out and do a good deed, it's not weighing, man, what am I going to get in return? Am I going to get something financially? Am I going to yeah. get a favor? You know, are they going to do the same thing for me? It's yeah. like, no, like at the end of this, they could do absolutely nothing with this. Yeah. And yet I still shared God's love and I did something good for someone because of Jesus. And I think that has been one of the biggest battles that we have to fight in our culture because it's so easy to fall into the, well, what do I get out of this? Yes. Like, what does this do for me? Why should I do this? And it's like, no, like you set that aside and say, I have already received more than I could ever need or want. It's exponentially greater than anything we can understand and comprehend. And when we begin to wrap our heads around it, and it's still something that's crazy to wrap your head around because it is, it's not, it's not the everyday thing. It's, it's something that is unique to who God is and what he has done for us and created us to be. And so I think that's been a big shift I've had to make mm -hmm. in my own life and in my own heart. Um, I mean, what's, uh, what's been something for you? Like, what's, what do you see as a, as a big battle with that? So coming from the phrase that I think some of this concept originated from is Jim Collins' book, From Good to Great. And how, how good is the enemy of great, that we settle for doing mm. good things uh, at the expense of, of the great things that we can do. And, and we hang on to, again, above average productive things. Yeah. For the, and wh what I would even take that as beyond that is sometimes we can attempt to pursue great things at the expense of doing the godly things. Mm. Here's, here's how I have to help myself not settle for the idea of being good in the eyes. Really, it's usually in the terms of the eyes of other, garnering some source of approval yeah. or, or achieving some level of control versus being godly. I have to recognize and I have to ask myself this question and I have to write it down because I, I butcher it all the time. <laughs> if, our minds, if my mindset is to do everything within my own power, does it suggest self-reliance rather than dependence on God? At the end of the day, what I have to come back and as I make choices and as I think about my actions and attitude, is it something that just demonstrates a dependence on God or is it something that demonstrates a dependence on self? What I would say is how, I, how I've battled that is moments at the end of the day. Yeah. When I, when I finish up work, Mm. Or I start the, the mindset of, okay, what, what is tomorrow going to bring? What I am doing in that moment is I am, I am putting the idea of being good or accomplishment or achievement on, on a level of this is what my life is about instead of those right in front of me, maybe my wife or my kids, being right where God, God mm. has placed me. Yeah. And if I were to take the understanding of what it means to be godly, it means to really be be present where he has placed me, mm. to, to choose love, forgiveness, kindness, patience, gentleness, compassion for those immediately around me when I have the opportunity, rather yeah. than look forward to see what I can yeah. yeah, what I can accomplish 
tomorrow or what I didn't accomplish that day. Mm. So the front up on the front of accomplishment, that's where I have to battle good, good enough and being godly each and every day. Mm. And so we would love to hear from you where you face some of those battles, whether it's uh, like me at the end of the day, whether it's in (laughs) how you spend time with other people or think about your cry, when you think about your leisure Mm. time, when you think about where you spend your money, uh, where where do you fight the battle of being good versus being godly? We would love to hear that from you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today on the midweek podcast. There's one uh, aspect of today that I actually want to encourage you to go listen. Kyle's been putting out a video series. Kyle, what's it called? How to Talk About Faith. Yeah. uh, One of the things that we kind of threw out today, didn't dive into as much is because Kyle's put out a whole video series of how you take something, take these opportunities to share why we do what we do. So when we talk about doing good things and the motivation behind it. But once you do that, to not just leave it as a common sense, like good practice of doing, but taking an opportunity, looking for chances to share, this is why I do this. Uh, I know you've been releasing those Monday nights. Yes. How, how far are we? We're a couple weeks in. We, we are, I think, we are four episodes into a seven-part series, okay. and there may or may not be a bonus episode coming. Ooh. Well, big fancy. Make sure you are checking those out. You can find that on the website, on our social media as well. So thanks for joining us today. We want this uh, just uh, thanks for joining us today. Be sure to uh, share, subscribe, like, and leave us some feedback on these videos if you found them helpful or if you have comments and questions or even just want us to clarify something. Thanks. Have a fantastic week.